Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards with pureandsimplebible.com, and I'm so thankful for your presence and for your continued support. I get a lot of texts, I get a lot of messages, emails, and I'm always glad to hear from people who are listening and encouraged by the program. This week and next week, I've got Brother Stuart Crouch from Houston, Texas, joining me via Zencaster, and we're talking about training for godliness. What a great time if we consider the new year. What a great time to talk about training. When everybody's excited about maybe some new goals in life, physical health goals, spiritual health goals. Well, when it comes to your spiritual health, training for godliness is very important. And Stuart's got three things to talk about with us today. Let's jump in, shall we? Just in case somebody out there doesn't know who you are, will you take a minute to introduce yourself and, and explain your work to the PSB audience? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Stuart Crouch. Uh, I'm an evangelist down here in Houston, Texas. I am working with the church in Deer Park uh, called Eastside Church of Christ. And I've been here since June. Me and my wife moved down here from, from Oklahoma. Um, much like you, I am an Oki transplant plant in Texas and glad I'm in the promised land. Oh, I was about to say, God bless you. But then you said that last <laughs> statement and I just, I can't abide by it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to be on this, this podcast. And I think we're going to have some, some good things to talk about today, especially since people are starting to make plans for their year. Uh, hopefully those are spiritual plans where they can grow spiritually with their Bible reading and prayer life and things of that nature. Uh, good. Hope this is helpful. Yeah, I hope so too. And um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with my just the way I, uh, I guess, organize my podcast. They know that when I invite people on here, um, I ask for them to send me some uh, Bible study notes or sermon notes, and and that's what I did with you as well. And uh, so the one you sent me um, was called groundwork or no, it's called, I'm sorry, training to be godly. Yes. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just saw the one right under it. Um, it's called training to be godly. And what I liked about it was some of the things you just said, it really does fit for like a new year and making resolutions. And just before we got started recording, you were kind of telling me the spirit in which you wanted to go talking about short-term goals, long-term, et cetera. Will you take a minute to maybe say that again for our audience? Yeah, sure. So I'm the type of person that in my life, I have not been very successful at setting long-term goals. Um, mm. I have I have told myself that I'm going to read the whole Bible this year. Uh, not this year, but in years past, I've said that. And I've been unsuccessful. Um, I've reached points where I start to fall behind. Yeah. I've reached points where I um, maybe the, the content is not as exciting. Maybe I reach, you know, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and, you know, it's not quite as exciting as, you know, Abraham and Joseph and Moses right. and all these things. And I, I, I don't read my Bible as I should. I, I see, oh, I'm not going to reach my goal. So I just stop reading completely. Um, so what's really worked for me is I like to set short term goals for myself. And, and we'll kind of get into that more as we get through this uh, 
this kind of conversation. Yeah, I, I like I, I, I like how you kind of diagnosed. I think is a common problem, and um, that is that. And I've I've been there with you um, in the past that we make the goal about you know checking off this box. I read this today. I accomplished the goal. I read through this book today, or you know this month, whatever. I read through this testament this year, whatever. And and if we're not, as your your title suggests, training to be godly, if we're doing it just to, uh, I guess, accomplish some sort of goal, then really we're kind of missing the point. And that's kind of what I'm getting from your notes is that you're you're asking us, the audience, to maybe reassess our goals whenever we approach studying the Bible. Is that accurate? I would say so. And you know, some people are really good at accomplishing long-term goals. Um, in fact, I have seen you accomplish a long-term goal of reading the Bible in a year. Uh, I was sitting right behind you at New Year's, and I saw you read Revelation 22. Uh-oh. Was it during know. services? <laughs> uh, it was right before the singing. Uh, but I remember being very proud of you in that moment because— for people like me, seeing something like that uh, is something special and maybe something that seems to be out of my my grasp. But seeing someone do it, I, it kind of gives you hope. Well, man, I brought it down to the wire then, didn't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I remember that moment fondly. Well, well that's that's nice to, to hear that uh, someone's always watching me whenever I... <laughs> Maybe it was um, a show. Maybe you just cracked it <laughs> open to Revelation twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so you you start your your study with this idea of groundwork, and you've got some scriptures from First Timothy. Um, why don't you start there and kind of tell us the the premise of 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 where we're going to begin with? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a I'm a fairly young guy. Uh, I'm thirty years old, and I'm a young evangelist, and so. Where I get a lot of my instruction and a lot of my encouragement is reading things like 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, where you have Paul, an older man, instructing a, a young man uh, how they should deal with the situations that they're in and the way they should live their life. And so I kind of resonate with that, and I pay attention to these books quite a bit. But... In 1 Timothy 6, verse 11, Paul's instructing Timothy. He said, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And whenever I see this verse, the, the word that kind of jumps out at me is this word pursue. This is a pursuit. We've seen that, that movie, or some of us have, I'm sure that movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. And oh, so yeah. Yeah. whenever I, I look at these verses, I, I kind of say, as a Christian, uh, these are things that I need to be pursuing. And we're especially focusing on, on the godliness aspect, which is, which is our, our reverence for God that leads to our, our character and conduct and, and who we are as Christians. But... Uh, this is an active encouragement. This is mm. uh, pursuit is an active thing. If I if I told you to pursue a rabbit, uh, you wouldn't just stand there. 
you would actually do something. You would chase it. I'm sure it would be hilarious, but <laughs> it, it would be something that you would actively be doing. And so it involves a, a response on our part. But the second verse I kind of want to draw out is another thing that, that Paul told Timothy. And I guess this is where we're kind of getting the title of this, this podcast today. Yeah. Uh, First Timothy four, seven, nine, he says, have nothing to do with godless myths or old wives tales. Rather train yourself to be godly for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Mm-hmm. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So, you know, when I think of training, um, and, and this is kind of where I think I think you're headed, but uh, you know I, I think especially around the New Year's time, people want to start going to the gym a little more often. Uh, they try to engage in activities or something you know that that in the past they'd kind of set down. Um, there's a motivation to to I guess in step with your example of of pursuing the rabbit that training is going to be, it's going to take uh, me kind of getting some skin in the game instead of just sitting there waiting for life to happen to me. Is that, is that kind of what um, the, this word means? What should I be thinking about with the word training when I think about training for godliness? Well, s- some translations actually says, say exercise yourself. Uh, again, like pursuit, like you said, this is a active encouragement for us. Um, and the Greek word for train here is an interesting word. And it, I think it helps a lot whenever we start to the, it tells us the extent that we should go in this training. It's the Greek word gymnazo. Now, the, the root word here you may recognize because it's spelled G-Y-M-N-A-Z-O. Okay, uh, like the like the gym, yeah, going to the gym, g- gymnasium or gymnastics or th- right. This is where these words come from. Is this Greek word, and the definition to this word is what's interesting. It literally means to make nude. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, people it, wonder where you're going in your study when you say that. <laughs> right. If people aren't paying attention before, they are now. Uh, it means to strip off the clothing, and it became commonly used to describe exercise uh, in the Greek culture. Because oh, oh, because they they would strip down like in the Olympic Games, right? Didn't they? Correct. Strip off their clothes for their you know events. Okay, okay. Yes. So if you went to like the local gymnasium, you would see a bunch of people who are nude, you know, doing various events and uh, and exercises. So you're so, recommending us to strip off our clothes. Is that the purpose of this episode? <laughs> uh, not literally, no. <laughs> but uh, so this really kind of comes together whenever we consider like Hebrews 12. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Th- th- that's the whole idea is putting anything aside 
in our life that is going to hinder us from reaching our goal and our, mm. our mission. Uh, anything that ensnares us, as the Hebrew writer says. There's a, I have a very special um, view of Hebrews 12, verse 1, and I think in 2 Timothy um, as well, chapter 4, Paul talks about, I've, I've run the race, you know, I've finished the fight. Yes. And um, I don't have my Bible open there, but I think it's in 1 Corinthians 9 where he talks about, you know, strive as one who runs to win the prize. So like there's several scriptures where it does talk about running. And uh, so I like to run. I know others may like that as well. And there's probably a lot of you out there that hate running. My wife hates running. And uh, so this example doesn't work for everyone. But um, I, as I'm listening to your study and I'm seeing that you're prepping us for training, I, I, I imagine that's where we're going to be going is like, what, what am I going to be doing to train for godliness? It's such a powerful connection to these scriptures about running because if you're going to run a race like if you if you sign up for a 5k or a 10k or all the way up to a, like an ultra marathon um there's such a difference in the first day of your training to race day and and i i know of very few people who don't train and then go decide they're going to run a race in fact those are the ones that uh, have the best stories is when they decide they're going to run a 5k and they haven't jogged in, you know, a decade. And mm -hmm. so you get to hear about how, uh, sore and tired and, uh, you know, just awful that experience was, but the ones that have the, I guess, uh, the, the, they, they perform the best are the ones who've been training for months before race day. So that's kind of where I'm visually going. And, um, I, I assume that to train for godliness, uh, I'm not just going to show up on race day, am I? No, no, definitely not. Uh, and whenever we think about training, like you said, with running, you're not just going, it's not going to happen immediately. Uh, it's not going to happen, you know, sporadically even in our life. Uh, if I were to ask you, what does it take to train to dunk a basketball? I know you know that. <laughs> uh, then you would give me specific things that you were doing to reach that goal. And so I think as, as Christians, if, if we are training to be godly people, then we should be able to give ideas of things that we're doing. Now, training, there's a few points I want to make about training. Sure. Uh, well, Specifically about what Paul says here, the first thing he says is that you need to train yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's important. Um, and I think it's something that we can kind of look over. No one is going to make you a godly person except yourself. You're, you know, the preacher right. at your church, your, your wife or husband, uh, your neighbor. None of these people are going to be the thing that makes you a godly person. This is a a personal responsibility that we all have. And it's not, since it's training, it's not going to happen by accident, as, as you said. Uh, it's not something that we're going to stumble on or we're going to wake up one morning and say, you know what, when I went to sleep last night, I wasn't, I wasn't a godly person, but this morning, it's, it's <laughs> suddenly, here I am. I'm, I am a, a godly person. It, it's not going to happen that way. And yet I feel like for uh, some people, 
there is this mindset of uh, I'll get it through osmosis, you know, the, the this righteous person in my life, because I know them, suddenly I'm I'm just as godly as they are. And uh, I there's so many scriptures. I it's on my mind because I just talked about it last week, both preaching and I think I, I did a podcast recording on it. But in Romans 11, you know, the idea of this olive tree where there's the the natural branches and the wild branches and the natural ones are, are ripped off because they're fruitless. And then the wild ones are grafted on in faith. And uh, man, to hear you say that, that we have to train ourselves and that no one else can do it for us. Uh, this is just an epidemic in God's people. It's always been that way. People get so comfortable in their faith uh, that they feel like they deserve to be saved. And and your point's reminding me, and I hope others as well, that uh, we're not going to finish the race if we just sit down and, and expect someone to carry us. Yeah, I, I think we can get in this tendency because there are so many avenues for us to learn these days. And so it's easy for us to kind of pick and choose, uh, you know, the ways we're going to learn, which is great. Uh, but we try to pick ways that avoid responsibility on our part. So we might listen to, you know, pure and simple Bible podcast exclusively and not study our Bibles. Uh, or we might just let the people in the pulpit teach us and not open our Bibles. Right, uh, right. We, we try to take the responsibility off of ourselves and just let other people teach us. But And those are good. Those are us taking steps to learn. But I believe that it's also our responsibility to put forth some effort and do our own studies and our own reading on our own as well. Mm, absolutely. Now, uh, it looks like you, in addition for this uh, Paul telling Timothy to train yourself, you got a couple other points that uh, I guess you're trying to, to make a, a general statement. Um, I think you've already talked about the second one a little bit, but would you take a moment to to maybe encourage us that this is something that won't be achieved overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you talk to someone who's training to run a marathon, uh, they're not going to say, I, I ran a lap around the neighborhood and now I am ready to, to run a marathon. Uh, it's not going to happen that way. It, it takes diligent and constant effort on our part. Um, which for us as Americans specifically, I'm not sure if you have listeners overseas, but uh, Americans, uh, it's very hard for us to accomplish goals that are long-term, um, just in general. Now, there are people who are very good at that, but for the most part, we want things quick. We want it efficient. We want it over with. Um, I, f I feel like there's a commercial. I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe the product is debunked completely. But it really speaks to what you're saying about the way we view achievement. And it was like uh, you strapped on these little diodes uh, on your muscles and turned on the little electric machine and it would like uh, charge your biceps or your six pack so you yes. didn't have to lift weights and you'd still look buff. And <laughs> yes. if there if there was... If there was a product that really kind of summarized the American experience of uh, minimal effort with maximum gain, I think it'd be that. But that's 
that sounds like it's what people are, are spiritually trying to do as well. It's like, how little effort can I do to get the maximum amount of godliness? Correct. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And and just kind of what I'm talking about, about people not achieving long-term goals is, you know, one in four freshmen who enter college do not have a degree four years later. Mm. And and that's generally because people drop out. And, and I'm not saying college is absolutely necessary to your life, but I think that does show us that maybe there is an issue, uh, an issue that I have, of course, uh, that others may have as well, where they, they don't finish long-term goals uh, as often as they should. Now, um, I'm, I'm thinking about the person out there who's listening to us, and maybe they're already tired thinking about all the running they haven't done. Or the whatever goals that they've they've not uh, been able to accomplish, and I think uh, during the middle of this, I guess, uh, discussion where you're trying to motivate people, you also take time to under or to to communicate to others that we're not asking people to uh, reach this state of perfection, right? Yes. Uh, you, you're, you're never going to become a, a perfect person. I think, you know, to to think that we are going to become this perfect Christian would be a detriment to ourselves. Even if if we we do reach a state where we are the best in our you know class, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would happen to a runner if he ran a race and he said, "You know what? I will never run faster than what I just did." Mm. Mm-hmm. He, he'll be right. He never will run faster than what he just did because right. in his mind, he has reached a state of perfection and he's going to stop training. Uh, okay. I get what you're saying. So uh, it, it's important to note that this is something that we are going to be doing the rest of our life. Uh, and it's, it's not going to be easy all the time, but th- the good thing is, is we have so many resources at our disposal. I mean, we have the Bible on our phone. I mean, we've really run out of excuses. You know, if you're uh, <laughs> right, it doesn't matter where you are. You can have a Bible handy. Even if you speak foreign languages, the Bible is translated into that language. We don't have excuse anymore yeah. for, you know, not uh, having uh, Bible knowledge. Okay. Well, I let's, let's say that I am now very motivated Maybe I've been a little, uh, maybe you've stepped on my toes a little bit, and uh, the time has come for me to step out and start training for my own sense of godliness. Not because I, I want to, you know, stand before God and say, now I deserve heaven, but really maybe I've come to appreciate what Jesus Christ has done and this marvelous grace that is available, and I want to train to be godly because that's what the Bible asked me to do. Um what what do you recommend? What are these goals that that you've uh, set up in this study for others to be thinking about so that they can train towards godliness? Well, th- there are a lot of things we can be doing. I, I just picked out three for this conversation. Um, but one of the things that we need to practice, which we've alluded to already, uh, is Bible reading. Now, mm-hmm. We need to be disciplined in our Bible reading. And if we're not making an effort regularly to read our, 
our Bible, preferably daily, then we are, it's really a detriment to ourselves. Sometimes we get in these lulls where we, you know, we'll read our Bible, you know, maybe once a week, or maybe sometimes we may even go, you know, several weeks without reading our Bible. Uh, We set it aside. Uh, But we need to make a commitment to doing that, at at least reading something every day, whether it be a short psalm or, you know, a whole book. The the length I'm not really worried about. It's it's the attitude that I want to learn and I want to grow uh, is what we need. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for just a minute. The length is not uh, maybe as important as the growth opportunity. Um, I got a feeling that there are people out there that uh, maybe are really stuck on they, they've got to read a lot of scripture or else they're not going to get a lot out of it. Do you want to speak maybe from the heart on uh, the amount of Bible that, that someone should take in daily? And it's going to be different for each person. I get that. But maybe they could use some encouragement and uh, I'd like to give you that opportunity to do so. Well, I, I want to start by saying what is possible. Uh, you know, <clears throat> for, for a while, and I haven't been as consistent with this because I've kind of changed my mindset, but I used to try to read the New Testament every single month, and I, I would successfully do it. So just know that it's possible to read the entire New Testament in one month. Okay, yeah. th- that's kind of the extreme, right? of what we can do. But I think our mindset needs to be, I'm not reading to accomplish a goal. That's where a lot of us are whenever we do these Bible reading programs. And I'm not trying to talk down on Bible reading programs, but for me, whenever I would do Bible reading programs, I would set out with the goal of reading the Bible in a year. Um, And I wasn't reading to understand I wasn't reading to get knowledge. I was reading to accomplish a goal. That mm. was that was mm-hmm. the only reason why I was reading. And so I might come across a chapter where I didn't really understand, but it didn't matter. I had to keep reading. I wouldn't take the time to, to study that out or dwell on it yeah. uh, because I had to keep going. Otherwise, I wasn't going to accomplish my goal. So I think it can be a detriment to ourselves at times if our mindset is not, I'm reading to understand, and our singular mindset is, I just want to accomplish this goal. Mm, I like that. I like it because I feel like I've struggled with that in the past, and, and I've had a lot of guilt um, maybe in not accomplishing a certain amount of reading in any given time. And it was guilt that wasn't put on me by anything external. It was guilt that I'd put on myself. And, oh, it's so unhealthy. It's how unhealthy it is that the Lord would give us his word so that we could have a better life. And then we take that exact word and hold ourselves to a standard where we uh, end up becoming more anxious, more worried, more... uh, maybe guilty conscienced, if that's a, uh, an adverb. And uh, anyway, it's, I, I just want to speak to those out there that are feeling similarly that what Stuart's saying is just so, so true. 
um, there are people, and I know I know some preachers that do read the New Testament every month, and I you know I tried to pattern myself after them for a time, and uh, I think they do it genuinely, uh, and they're able to take it in genuinely. But what I was doing was just I I would take my Bible app and I would listen at like two you know times the speed of a normal reader, <laughs> just so I could hear the words, you know. And and it was almost superstitious. It was like if I hear the words, uh, then I've that I'm closer to God. Mm-hmm. And that's just it's silly that I I used to do that. That I would think, well, you know, I've I've read. <laughs> I shouldn't even say read. I listened to the words of six chapters today, and yet I wasn't really using any of it or able to recall any of it. And so it sounds like um, what you're encouraging us is to be a bit more disciplined or discipled with our our Bible reading instead of, yeah, I, I'm kind of a broken record. Uh, we're not about accomplishing the goal. It's it's more about drawing near to God, right? Right. Um, you, you, to, to me, it's not about the length. I, I think I think the length of your reading uh, should be however long it can keep your attention. Um, And and hopefully, you know, as we read and we learn more about God's character and God's nature and his love for us and his will for us in our life and all the promises he gives to us, hopefully whenever we are reading these things and dwelling on these things, our excitement about what we're doing grows because we're, we're starting to understand and we're starting to see all these things. And whenever that excitement grows, I think our length of reading will grow as well. But w- whenever we have the attitude, kind of like what you were saying, I'm not trying to beat you up, but <laughs> take it well, easy on me, Stuart. <laughs> uh, whenever we do, because I've done this as well. Uh, I've been like making breakfast and I have the Bible play, playing in the background to accomplish my, my day, daily Bible reading and I have no idea what it says. Right. Um, if we take the attitude that, that God's word is God speaking to us and, and we just simply have it playing in the background, we really aren't giving the proper reverence to God and mm. God's word as we should. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I think we should take it seriously. And so, whenever we read, accomplishing a goal is it, it can be irreverent at times if we are not giving the proper uh, due to His Word and actually taking the time to understand His His will and and nature and character and help. All this helps build our um, our love for God. It. I'm thinking of a, a scripture in Romans, uh, chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when it comes to Bible reading, um, there is a, an intrinsic connection between Bible reading and the building of faith. And so when Bible reading is taken out of your life, uh, you're really starving yourself from that that connection to faith. And uh, again, maybe I shouldn't beat up on myself so much, but between the two of us, I'll beat up on myself rather than you. That way (laughs) you'll you'll come back in the future. Uh, I can think of times when I have not read the Bible, whether it be for a certain amount of days or weeks, 
And then I try to pick it back up and man, it's really hard to, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just not able to synthesize the information. It's, it's just kind of words and it takes me a, a certain amount of time before the word is living and active again. And it's sharper than a double-edged sword in my life. And it's piercing my heart. And I like to think it's because, uh, kind of what we're talking about today, when you stop training and, and we talk about running, that's probably because it's what I have the experience in. When I run consistently, I feel like I'm, and I'm, I'm about the same speed whenever I begin training. And when I end training, I'm not the fastest runner. But I feel better. But when I stop running for a week or two or three, and then I try to pick it back up like I was doing the same thing, you know, I was running five, six, seven miles a day, and then I stop for a month, and then I try to run five, six, seven miles. At mile two, I'm just wheezing, you know, I'm like uh, unable to continue. And I feel like that's the mindset for when we stop reading. We we expect ourselves to just be able to pick it back up and then glean all of the truth out of it that we we did when we were on fire. And it, it seems like to train in Bible reading, we need to give ourselves grace to take time to get back into it and not expect to uh, maybe be on that same level on day one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, th- there's so many parallels you can make to running and and reading the Bible um, b- because it, it, it does it, training. Uh, it's not something that we can just turn on and, and run a marathon. Um, we have to it's going to take time for us to kind of get in the groove of things. Uh, it's going to take time for us to get excited at times, um, especially if, if you're reading through those books I talked about earlier, you might not get excited through Leviticus or Deuteronomy, but maybe you would get excited if you read Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and then jump straight to Hebrews. Uh, ah, good point. To, to see how all those things kind of play out. So I, I think some strategy can really help as well. Um, I, I've done things like that. I try to read books that, you know, complement one another and and you know pairing old testament books of like prophecy especially like isaiah where you have messianic prophecies uh and then pair it with reading the gospels uh you see those things kind of come to life and you you begin learning and you get excited and i think that is is one of the that's the reason why we we read is Mm -hmm. is because we're trying to gain knowledge and we want to see how, you know, these Old Testament books, everything is pointing to Christ. So let's try to figure out how all this is pointing to Christ. You know, with, you know, it might be boring to hear about the, you know, the layers of the veil, but it might be really exciting <laughs> whenever you hear about that that veil being split, and then you you hear about, you know, Jesus being our high priest and all these things. It's like, wow, I can see all these things playing out. Yeah. You know, I, I think this may be a good segue where you're now studying the Bible. You're you're more than just reading it. And um, in your, your notes here, I see that that's the second training or, uh, I guess, sort of discipline. Second thing we need to practice. Right, is Bible reading and then Bible study. And uh, maybe 
could you take a minute to explain the difference there? Because some people might might say, well, isn't that kind of the same thing? Ah, it's the first cliffhanger of 2022. And uh, so for if you're interested in knowing the difference between Bible reading and Bible study, then I'd like to invite you to come back and uh, subscribe if you haven't already to the podcast. Subscribe and uh, leave a five-star review, too. If you like the podcast, I'd love for you to help me get that algorithm uh, to consider PSB on people's search menu whenever they get on the various podcast platforms and they're looking up a some sort of religious podcast or a Bible podcast, they'll be uh, more likely to be, I don't know how to even to say it, sorry, I just lost all my words right now. It will be more likely that PSB is on the top of their search options if more people leave reviews, especially reviews that are good. So I guess if you don't like it, um, how about you just email me or text me and call me and let's talk about it. Maybe there's ways I can make it better. And if you do like it, please leave a five-star review. I would be very grateful. And you need to come back next week so you can catch the next two parts, or the final two parts rather, on this uh, mini-series on training for godliness. So come back. And in the meantime, always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, it's real.